I think the biggest change that we're going to see in 23 uh, is the shift between uh, domestic to international travel. So like you rightly mentioned, by 22, domestic uh, travel effectively recovered to the pre-pandemic peak. But when it comes to international travel, especially North Americans traveling outside the continent to the rest of the world, that has only recovered to 69% of the pre-pandemic peak by the end of 2022. On this episode of Early Bird, Orestes Findiclis, Vice Chairman of the Board for Mondi. Orestes joins the podcast today to talk about travel technology stocks, including a look at the big trends driving the travel tech industry in 2023. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you where you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Arrestus, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are we doing today? Great. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to be talking about your company, Mondi, and the broader travel tech industry, especially what it means for investors who are looking at these types of companies and wondering what they should do. But before we do that, um, Arrestus, tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. If you could, uh, in 30 seconds or less, what should the audience know about you and your background? Uh, currently, I'm the vice chairman of the board of, uh, of Mondi. Uh, I also help the company with business development and uh, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, precisely because I have a background in private equity, I founded and ran Ithaca Capital, uh, which is a, a private equity fund exclusively focusing on travel and hospitality. Uh, so in that regard, I have a lot of experience in investing, acquiring, selling uh, companies uh, in, the, uh, in the sector. Uh, prior to that, uh, I, I, I was an executive in private equity for many years, for almost 15 years. And before that, I was a, uh, a, an attorney uh, with a law firm called Clifford Chance in London. Um, I am originally uh, from Cyprus, which is a small island close to uh, Greece. And I, I studied law originally uh, in Oxford University in England, where I graduated first uh, in my class. Uh, I enjoy travel. Uh, all of my life, I have invested in uh, in different aspects uh, of the industry, all the way from hotel properties uh, to travel companies. Uh, and and personally, also, I'm a keen traveler, both for work and and leisure. So good, uh, a lot a of travel background there. That sounds great. Uh, Mondi is a travel company. Um, for for those listeners who may not be too familiar with it, the, the company went public. In, in late 2021, uh, via SPAC, I believe. Um, Orestes, that, real quick, what should the audience know about Mondi? What should they know about the company and how it went public and how things have been going for the company? Yes, so Mondi is a, a travel technology company and a $3 billion market uh, travel marketplace. 
Uh, it's very different from the marketplaces that the consumer is aware of, usually the Expedias or the bookings of this world that typically sell full-priced flights and hotels directly to the consumer in a B2C strategy using very uh, basic technology, mostly 90s-driven, uh, and also uh, in direct competition to the airlines and the websites of the hotels, uh, the direct channels. Uh, you know, uh, Mondi is a very different type of marketplace. We sell discounted flights uh, and hotels. We sell not directly to the consumer, but in a B2B2C strategy, effectively through travel experts, uh, new era uh, travel intermediaries, what we call gig economy workers, social media influencers and membership organizations. We do, we do so through cutting edge modern technology with a lot of service attached to it. And we do it collaboratively with airlines and the hotels because our sales channels are not competing directly with the sales channels of the suppliers uh, who are the airlines and the hotels. Oh, sounds like we a- went public, <laughs> like you mentioned, uh, yeah. in July uh, 22, and we've been on Nasdaq since then, almost nine, nine, nine ten months now. Fantastic. I, I think that that's, that's wonderful. Um, uh, I, I guess sort of like, let's talk a little bit about the broader travel tech industry. You know, what exactly, how would you describe travel technology right now in the spring of 2023? And, and where does your company sort of fit in that that uh, travel tech environment? Yes. So the travel industry is one that has a lot of debt, tech debt, right? I mean, the last disruption, the last major disruption that happened in our industry was in the 90s uh, with the advent of the internet. Mm. Uh, you know, that, and that's when Expedia Booking, all these online tra- travel agents came into the, uh, the picture, right? They started uh, leveraging on the internet to sell uh, to the boomers uh, and the Gen X uh, generation. I believe now there are a number of of travel technologies companies out there. There is innovation, but still uh, there is a long way to go. Uh, The current traveler profile has changed. Uh, Now uh, we have the uh, millennials and the Gen Z are leading travel. They're consuming more than 50% of travel. These consumer cohorts, for them, the internet is no longer an innovation. It's, it's, to them, is utilities, a utilities, like a, the old telephone line. So these new consumer cohorts, they are, they are looking for online uh, mobile platforms, conversational commerce. They are looking uh, for curation of their content. They are looking uh, for social media driven. And we believe that very few travel companies, if any out there, are positioned to take advantage and to serve. Uh, these new consumer cohorts, and Mondi is one of them, we are basically uh, selling not only through traditional travel experts and intermediaries, but recently uh, started selling through social media influencers, uh, membership, uh, club organizations, etc. We feel we have not only a unique technology, uh, but a very unique distribution, and of course, access to the discounted content that comes from our history of acquiring uh, major wholesalers in the space in the last 12 years or so. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, certainly a, a lot to impact there. Um, it's interesting how the company, your company, is trying to, you know, sort of position itself for that younger cohort, that younger audience, uh, especially with some of the partnerships that have been set up through social media and other influencers. Um, for those who don't know, travel technology, and I used to write about this just a few years ago, basically there's only a handful of companies that control most of the travel booking websites online. So you have to really do something to sort of stand out. Um, you mentioned uh, real quick some of the you know acquisitions that you made. I think you, your company recently had an acquisition just a, a few months ago, right? 
Yes, yes. We acquired a company in Brazil, which is the market leader in the segment of the market uh, where we are the market leader in North America. We acquired the company in, or- in order to expand our geographic footprint. So a natural expansion from North America is Latin America, and the biggest market there is Brazil. The company focuses a lot on hotel bookings. Uh, we, we sell a big part of our business as air. So diversifying into more and more hotel content is part of our strategy. And then, of course, there are great cross-selling and revenue synergies there. Uh, we are selling to the, this company, Orinter, that we bought, has 5,000 travel experts. We are selling our content to these 5,000 travel experts, and they are selling their content to our 50,000 or so uh, experts at the time. And, of course, we did the acquisition very accretively. We traded at 14, 15 times EBITDA on the stock market. Uh, that company we acquired at four times 2022 EBITDA. So very accretive acquisition as well. Uh, half of it in cash, half of it in shares at $10 or so validating our stock price. So uh, an acquisition that we're very happy about and a strategy that we are uh, we're confident we'll be able to replicate a number of times in the near future. Well, that's great. I think it's wonderful how uh, the company has been able to grow that way. It's certainly an interesting way to grow, but it's what you kind of have to do in this space, especially with there being a lot of consolidation in travel technology. Um, I, I want to take a sort of a, a broader approach, approach real quick. Um, you say you said you know the generational issue is certainly a big issue in travel technology, and it sounds like from your perspective, you are expecting a bit of a changing of the guard in, in online travel. Uh, right now, you have some of the larger players, let's call them Booking Holdings, Expedia, uh, TripAdvisor, Trip.com, these, these large players in online travel. You're saying that there's going to be a changing of the guard maybe because of a, a generational a change in the consumers is does that sound about right uh, there are a number of reasons why we believe that there, there are uh you know kind of uh changes about to happen in the in the show, small to medium term the first one is that the players that you mentioned they are basically competing for the direct to consumer segment of the market mm-hmm. where the airlines and the hotels they would rather sell directly on their own website Right. I mean, if you think about it, the whole the bookings or the Expedia's of this world, they sell the exact same way that AmericanAirlines.com or Delta.com or Mario.com are selling. They have a website which is indiscriminately targeting the entire world in a kind of broadcasting uh, manner, which creates a lot of channel conflict there uh, uh, with the original uh, suppliers, which are the airlines and the hotels, trying to restrict the market share of these players. Uh, an- another dynamic that you mentioned is the generational. Uh, change uh, where, you know, the modern, the millennial uh, is no longer, uh, you know, making choices on travel based on what they see on the internet. They're they are driven more by social media. They are driven more by the desire to curate and make bespoke specific itineraries, not just by a generic, uh, you know, kind of uh, off-the-shelf solution offered by one of these major uh, uh, online travel agent companies. And then, of course, the most important point is the, is the technology. I mean, the players that you mentioned, their technology is, for the most part, uh, 90s internet-based technology, which is not where uh, the world is moving in every other respect. So travel is an area that was left behind. And and these dynamics that I'm mentioning, they are well known uh, to the industry investors. That is why, if you look at the EBITDA valuation multiples of these major companies, uh, they are not, uh, you know, promising a future growth. They are more... Uh, you know, kind of reflecting an incumbent uh, who has been losing and is about to lose much more market share from the new entrance going forward. 
Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Orestes about travel demand in 2023 and the industry impact of generative AI. But first, let me tell you or you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, uh, Aristis, we're talking today about your company, Mondi, and the larger travel tech tech companies and the industry, especially as it relates to stock investors. I want to take a step back right now and just kind of focus on some of the broader economic challenges. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic was a pretty bad moment for the travel sector. Uh, travel basically fell off a cliff, but since then it has recovered uh, uh, in a very strong way. Um, I keep hearing about revenge travel and I keep hearing about more people getting back out to traveling and there's a lot of money being spent there. But, but do you think we've basically reached peak quote unquote revenge travel? So far, or do you still see demand for travel growing in 2023? I think the biggest change that we're going to see in 23 uh, is the shift between uh, domestic to international travel. So like you rightly mentioned, by 22, domestic uh, travel effectively recovered to the pre-pandemic peak. But when it comes to international travel, especially North Americans traveling outside the continent to the rest of the world, that has only recovered to 69% of the pre-pandemic peak by the end of 2022. So one of the trends that we're seeing in the industry, uh, like you say, is saturation in the domestic market, but there is still a lot of upside to come from international. By way of example, markets like, like China were effectively closed until the end of 22, parts of Eastern Europe. And that is another reason why Mundi is such an interesting uh, opportunity, because 80% of our business is international leisure travel, which is a segment of the market that is nowhere close to the pre-pandemic peak. And despite that, our 22 net revenues have exceeded by 70% the 19 levels. So it just gives you a sense of the opportunity here uh, uh, with this shift from domestic to international travel. Oh, wow. So so you're seeing a big growth in terms of domestic to international. I, I was wondering, what do you think about sort of the impact of higher inflation and higher interest rates? Do you think that could force some of that travel demand to decrease? So again, I'm going to draw this distinction between international and domestic, right? So what the what the higher fuel prices and the and, and the and the higher interest rates and inflation are causing is a strengthening uh to the US dollar, right? Which makes effectively uh, foreign jurisdictions much more attractive. So in the first year after COVID, uh, your typical North American took the opportunity to travel within the US or very close by, some parts of Caribbean, some parts of Mexico. Now uh, in, in 23 and going forward, we are seeing more and more North Americans venturing outside, driven partly also by this price inflation that is more prevalent in the US and the strength of the U.S. dollar that is making offshore jurisdictions much more uh, attractive. Another dynamic there that we're seeing uh, with the softening of the market in certain parts of the world is that 
consumers and then traveler now, mm. having had the experience of COVID, they are looking at as travel, leisure travel, more as a necessity than, than as a luxury before, right? So even with the softening of the economy, they will continue to travel. But what we are seeing is the consumer trying to find more cost-efficient ways to travel, right? After the pandemic, people will travel at whatever cost. I just need to get out. That was kind of the message. Now, mm-hmm. what we are seeing is people saying, okay, I need to travel. I need to see the rest of the world. The pandemic was a paradigm shift. It has expanded my desire to continue traveling uh, for the rest of my life, but I'm going to look for more cost-efficient ways to travel. And this is precisely where companies like Mondi come into the picture, because like I said, unlike the big online travel agents, what we do is we sell discounted content. So uh, again, another dynamic that uh, that is fueling the growth of our company, which is very much in line with the current travel trends. Yeah, uh, being a discount uh, provider of discount travel, I think certainly is advantageous right now. Um, Orestes, you know, since the company did go public last year, the stock price has basically remained flat, essentially. Well, why do you think there hasn't been any growth in the stock price? Look, the way to look at it is that every single technology company, if you take the last year, uh, especially in the small cap segment of the market, is trading at 30, 40, 50% below the IPO price. And if you take if you take actually the companies that travel to companies, especially that went public through a SPAC, they are trading 70, 80, 90% below the price they went public. So so the fact that Mondi, despite the, the, the adjustment to the valuation of technology companies, and this especially on the small caps, so the fact that we're trading at the same price, it's actually a huge overperformance relative to the peers and the overall tech market in general. Got it. But... It- Rusty, some of the, especially big tech companies, they've had a great 2023 so far. And even in the travel space, companies like Airbnb and Booking have performed very well so far this year in 2023. Why has Mondi not been able to catch up so far? I mean, I think Mondi is a combination of the fact that it's a new entrant uh, to the market. It's a story that is very appealing once people understand it. We are not we are not only growing much faster than these players that you mentioned, the major uh, travel companies, but we are also profitable already. Uh, but as with every company that is uh, joining the public markets and we've been a public company for about eight months, it takes time uh, for the investor community, especially the retail investor community, to understand the company. And this is a process. We are we are we are already working on it. We have five equity research analysts covering the stock. Uh, but in, in my opinion, Mondi is one of the hidden gems out there, which combines uh, exponential growth, which a strong profitability, which, by the way, is very difficult to find. You can either find a company that is growing very fast and is losing money or a company that is growing very slowly and is making money. It's very difficult to find a company that is both growing fast and is making money. And, 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 it, and I believe Mondi is one of these best kept secrets, especially because our strategy is B2B2C. So our brand is not visible to the consumer, right? So it will take some more time uh, for the retail investor to discover uh, Mondi. But I believe uh, once they do uh, and they appreciate the strengths of the company, there is a lot of upside to come uh, in our stock, especially with uh, near-term developments such as the inclusion of the company into the Russell, uh, which is kind of by virtue of our uh, market come and float. Uh, just doing the math and doing some back of the verb analysis is kind of a foregone conclusion. So there are a lot of drivers out there and there is a lot of upside uh, in the company uh, in the short term and medium term. Well, thank you, Orestes, for making the case to our audience of investors about why they should invest in Mondi. Um, 
Real quick, my last major question, I, I, I want to know industry-wide, you know, there's been a lot of hype this year so far about generative artificial intelligence or generative AI and its impact in various industries. What impact do you think generative AI will have in travel technology? We think it's going to have a transformational impact. None of the travel technology companies have, have focused in embracing AI uh, full-fledged. I mean, some of them are embracing it in call centers or service centers. Uh, or other minor aspects of the business out there. Uh, companies, the major travel companies, in the same way that they have internet-based based 90s technology, it's very unlikely they will embrace that uh, anytime soon. I mean, they haven't even moved to the social media or, uh, you know, mobile, etc. So AI to them, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of miles in their uh, innovation curve. And most, uh, we anticipate that a big part uh, of that will come from uh, fast-growth travel tech companies like Mondi, and more on that, uh, you know, to follow shortly. Fantastic. Um, Orestes, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird podcast to discuss uh, your company, Mondi, and the larger travel tech industry for investors. Before we wrap up the uh, show, I just have one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Orestes, is uh, if a genie could grant you one wish, what would you wish for? On a personal level or on a professional level? It's up to you. Uh, uh, I, I would say uh, to give me the opportunity uh, to continue uh, traveling, to continue working uh, with people that I enjoy, uh, to have inspiration uh, within Mondi and, and all the ventures that, uh, you know, uh, that, that I'm involved because at the end of the day, uh, what matters is enjoying, uh, you know, the journey of, of, of life and, and travel is part of it. And at the same time, work with people uh, that inspire you and, and basically uh, help uh, advance uh, your uh, your character, your personality, your skills uh, at any uh, at any level. Thank you again to Orestes Findicles for sharing your insights on travel tech stocks, and thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.